Everybody, welcome back to Wicked Good Sports. This is at the buzzer. We're joined, as always, by Jack Tiernan, and once again by Ryan Flynn. Gentlemen, how you doing? We're doing well, I think. As well as we can be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, after after the Celtics even up the series one to one with the Heat, I I think we're doing great because they looked really excellent. Ryan, what what are your first thoughts, first impressions coming off of this pretty impressive twenty five point win? So it was honestly. Kind of something I saw coming, but I didn't want to tell myself it would be coming. Right. I initially was under the impression that Marcus Smart wasn't going to be playing big minutes, which mm-hmm. made me hesitant. Almost immediately once the game started, I realized he was playing a lot. I kind of knew that was the direction it was going to go in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I was holding my breath just because of the last game. These playoffs in general have been incredibly unpredictable, not just for the Celtics, but across the board. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, no, I was, I was extremely happy, but I'm, I'm still kind of hesitant. I'm thinking, a little worried about next game. Um, if we win next game, I wouldn't be surprised if we lose the next. But then I, you know, but I think we can still win in seven, mm-hmm. if that's the case. Yeah, Jack. Same question. What are your first impressions after this win? I think, uh, honestly, I think it goes to show how underrated our underrated players are, as in Marcus Smart and Al Horford, right? I think, especially Al, Marcus obviously came and showed out, and he was great. Um, But Al, I was looking at some stats earlier. Um, For example, he guarded Bam Adebayo on 17 possessions, allowed zero points. Guarded P.J. Tucker on 11 possessions, allowed two points. Guarded Jimmy Butler on four possessions, allowed zero points. So... Every person he guarded when he was in the game, he allowed two points on a total of 32 possessions. So, like, that's that's the kind of rim protection the interior defense guy. And he's not a bad perimeter guy either, but he's better, obviously, in the paint, especially paired with Rob. We were missing without Al. So him being able to come back from COVID protocols and play, I think, was the underrated exclamation point that we definitely oh, needed. Yeah, I mean, I guess, Ryan, what, like, how did having, obviously, Defensive Player of the Year – that's going to help a lot. How much did having uh, Margaret Smart and Al Horford change the way the Celtics like approached the uh, the game against the Heat? Well, Marcus Smart adds strength in our perimeter on both ends. Um, obviously, especially the defensive end. We had a little missing without Derek White. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. You have Derek White on. You know, you can kind of exploit him offensively at times, force him to shoot. Um yeah, he just hasn't – he's always historically been an inconsistent offensive player, mm-hmm. and that's kind of showing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, again, with Pritchard, great offensive plug. But, you know, the first game he had this weird thing, like with him and Hero, where it's like two white guards that don't really defend. <laughs> <laughs> I was like kind of I was like, kind of like, is this like the, the starting of like a, you know, like a new – Rivalry. Like, like the new Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, grade <laughs> yeah. level D, grade level D, uh, C – yeah, I mean, Tyler, no, that's not fair. I mean, Tyler Harrow is a star for sure. Too, uh, you know, sixth man of the year, right? Sixth man of the year. Yeah. I mean, that's he actually was playing. I don't know if you noticed. He was when he in the first like quarter, he was playing defense like more yeah. than I've ever seen him play. Like, yes, there's something going on there because I noticed that, and then it, you know, he's playing defense, and of course, the, the first time he's like actually you see him playing that intense defense, uh, the Celtics are just go off you know right and then uh, on the other end i was gonna say it was really interesting having duncan robinson come in because he's been out for a while and i don't know if you noticed with him 
he was playing very differently than he typically would. Like he glad you said that. Yeah. yeah, no, it was really interesting. Like he was running, he was doing a fade. He was, you know, because they know he can hit deep from three. He was kind of using that as a decoy. He ran to the rim, which yeah. hasn't necessarily been in his arsenal. He got like five rebounds, you know, just playing like limited minutes. I mean, I think if that is the Duncan Robinson we're going to see in the future, we have a more well-rounded player and definitely like a very, very, very good bench player potentially. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's almost like the Heat personnel are like, all right, these two guys are just consistently getting exploited. We need to rework them. Mm -hmm. They did. I actually, I I want to expand on that a little bit too with the Duncan Robinson thing. I think it actually was very reminiscent. Duncan Robinson game two was very reminiscent of, and this is almost uh, rude to Duncan Robinson, but very reminiscent of Aaron Neesmith in Game One because Aaron Neesmith kind of was the same type of like high energy guy, which like in that kind of two guard position where he'd sprint around. He, Neesmith obviously I think is better defensively just naturally, right? Like you saw him go up and make that block, which was sweet. Um, had a couple steals, deflected passes, whatnot. He was playing good minutes, but that the three ball was inconsistent, and it's kind of similar those both those two guys because both of them were initially picked or drafted or signed to the team in Robinson's case he was undrafted but because they could shoot the three and now they've kind of had to adapt and and play these other roles which I thought was kind of interesting uh the difference obviously is that Robinson was like a high caliber starter um and Neesmith hasn't ever gotten to that stage yet and I mean Duncan Robinson has definitely established himself as like a 100 sharp uh, like a pretty dangerous sharp shooter that if he's on you gotta watch him Neesmith is by no means at that level you know like Duncan Robinson he was supposed to be Let's be honest, if we're and people might not dislike this, he is a stronger three point shooter consistently than anyone on our team. Given all of our players have other things in their arsenal. I can't think of a Celtics player that as consistently is like a three point threat. Mm-hmm. Unless like I would argue I would argue Peyton Pritchard, honestly. I was if say I had Peyton, to pick one person. Yeah, alright, that is fair, but Peyton's also coming off the bench. He's shooting True. a lot less. I think D. Rob is that too, though, right? Who, uh, yeah, but Duncan started most of the season. I mean, we haven't really seen a Pritchard. Like, I guess we have to a degree, but like in that first True. playoff game, what was it, Duncan Robinson, high 20s, early 30s, just like pretty much all 30s. Yeah, I think it was 24 in the first playoff game against Atlanta, right? I thought, I thought it was even more than that. Really? Yeah, I thought it was like 27. We'll have to fact check. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he was good. Fact check. No, I know. <laughs> no, you need like an actual producer. So I, can be I know. I mean, I know Duncan. Numbers. I know he was in, I believe, again, fact check, I believe he's in the top 10 three point shooters this year. Or in, in terms of point, three points made, and he shot at like um, either a clean 40 or right over it, mm-hmm. which again is very good. Okay. So. So I was just saying, no one's no one's as a, maybe Pritchard arguably, but no one's as an established of a consistent three point shooter on our team. As. Established, that's very fair. Yeah, very fair yeah. point. Yeah. And well, that leads to like a good point. I, I think you know one of the big differences in this game where the Celtics were able to hit threes at a mm-hmm. you know they had what twenty two three pointers yesterday. I mean. They're yeah, gonna, that's that's a good recipe to win when you're shooting like fifty yeah. ish percent and you have like twenty two. Um, what are the Heat gonna like? I, I've seen a lot of people overreact, probably because overreacting is like the way to go to get clicks and views. Saying like, you know, this series is over. Celtics are health, healthy. They're gonna. I don't think any of us feel that that's the case here. Uh, I think we said Celtics in six to begin with, and then Ryan, you said probably seven. 
coming in. What are the Heat going to have to do to like adjust and slow the Celtics down coming up? I don't know. Either of you have a strong feeling, want to hop in? It's uh, Jeff. You don't mind? I think but, it's just like it's tough because you know the Miami's all obviously known for having a very strong defense. Mm-hmm. But when you look at all of their players across the board, I would not say they're as strong defensively as Boston. Like, there really isn't a weak link for us. The only weak link goes, like, what, to the eighth guy, Peyton Pritchard? <laughs> like, right. you know, and, and everyone else is so strong, it really can. As where yeah. Miami, you know, Miami for sure has good defenders, but besides, like, Jimmy and Bam, and, like, when you put in their other really good defenders, it can at times take away from their strengths. You know, like you, you put in like a PJ Tucker, Victor Oladipo, they're not necessarily going to get you the production rate as opposed to we're like, you know, Al, we have Al, we have Grant, mm-hmm. guys who really can just put up big points on any right. given night. Market smart from the playmaking standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's going to be a big thing is just figuring out how they can tighten up defensively while also... Um, Honestly, I'm thinking Jimmy and Bam just really need to step. Like, Jimmy obviously is doing phenomenal. Yeah, but, like, yeah. it seems like I think to beat the Celtics, he would need to be, like, at that level where he was at the end of the 76er series. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's just dropping, like, 40 points. And, like, Bam, great player, and, like, there's no shame in it. But, like, he put up nine points the past two games, I think, something yeah. like that. And, like, yeah. that's that's how he plays, and it's like you can't really knock him. He played great games. He had incredible blocks game mm-hmm. one, you know. Um, but, again, it's like in those situations you need your star players to step up. Even if he's not necessarily a scorer, that's not his primary uh, motive. We know that he can easily put up 20, 24 points a game if he mm-hmm. wants to. And, again, um, I think – you know, kind of working out their defense um, and, you know, kind of tightening up so they don't have those weaknesses that can be exploited so that they can have, like, you know, Tyler Harrow can potentially be huge. They just got to kind of unlock him. Um, Again, if Duncan Robinson is looking the way he is, you know, they can unlock him too because those can be key, like, guys off the bench to get those extra points. But what they really need, and everyone's always said this about Miami, is that they need that like X factor? That's that guy, you know. And Jimmy, Jimmy very well can be that guy. I mean, he's an incredible player, and like he's like the weirdest. He's the weirdest player in the NBA to me because like I never see him being like a top five, and even like I would hesitate to ever put him in a top ten. Yeah. But he could be. He can be pretty much any player on any given night, and you don't mm-hmm. know. You know, it. It's just really weird, and it's like at the same time you're not necessarily gonna ever like you're not going to always want him on like first or second all NBA team, but he's absolutely a hall of famer in my book, even though I think he's only played like, I think the last like few seasons, he's the most games he plays 59. Oh yeah. If you look, it's crazy. I think it's Minnesota. The most games he's played is 59 mm-hmm. games. That's crazy. I'd... And he really loved Minnesota too. Yeah, definitely. That's um, that's, he hated Minnesota for reference. No. He, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I remember. I remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that none of you can like beat me or as, as good as me in practice. That was him, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was awesome. the Minnesota moment. Yeah, <laughs> that was something. Was uh, it there? Oh, uh, it was it there somewhere else. There's like a story where like he started getting benched more because apparently when he was put on the bench, it wasn't being played as much. 
um, they told him he just looked so like sulky that it was just really like disgruntling and like a and you know just didn't look like he cared to be part of the team. And he says now like. I, w- I didn't think I was being sulky. I wasn't trying to be sulky. <laughs> and so he said that's why, if you notice, he carries himself very well now. Like, he's very, like, so true. You know, he's, he's, he's very positive about his teammates, very strong-minded, even, yeah, fiery for sure. But he, I guess that's the driving force behind it. He doesn't ever want, you know, that to happen again. Yep. So, no, it makes, and I think he's in a very good situation now in Miami oh, yeah. with, like, that team. He found his home, absolutely. Yeah. So, Kyle Lowry, obviously, he has, does he have like a torn hamstring? He has a hamstring injury. I don't know. Is that what it is? What it is. Yeah, I know it's something hammy. He's missed like like six of the eight playoff games, last playoff game, something like that. It's Um, one of those muscular injuries. It's one of those muscular injuries where, like, um, I don't know exactly what it is, but I do know, like, it's one of those muscular injuries where you really just time is all that's going to take to recover mm-hmm. it you can't really just go back in a game you, you know cut it really, out yeah with all like yeah he's just got to like wait it out and i mean kyle lowry at the beginning of the season he was running miami when mm-hmm. Bam and jimmy were out you know so it's yep. not like and I, you know i think people you know if i like if i say something like uh kyle lowry just doesn't have it right now people are like kind of getting so it's like no he's injured like yeah he's, he literally is useless yeah yeah yeah, so I guess yeah. I, like based on all that, do, do we expect to see him in the series? Do, like, how much of an impact do you guys think? And Jack, what are what are your thoughts I, on him going to Ryan? Yeah, I I think he, I mean, in fairness, is Kyle Lowry a better point guard than Gabe Vincent and Max Struess? One hundred percent. So it, it's going to add a boost to them. I don't think Gabe Vincent's going to play like he did in Game One ever again the rest of the series. And if he does, good for him. Honestly, right. he'll probably make some good money somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it doing that against the Celtics consistently is as you know that's a staple for what will get him paid in the future. But basically, I think Kyle Lowry will be useful. He's kind of a pest on defense. Um, I hate him personally. <laughs> I'm not a Kyle Lowry fan. I yeah. my my. Second order of, of point guards is like of hate, most hated to least hated is going to start with one, um, Pat Bev, and then two is Kyle Lowry, and then Kyrie Irving, which really is saying something. So, yeah, and then probably careful, Jack. If Pat Bev hears this, he's going to go on first take. He will, and 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 he'll he'll come after me, mm-hmm. and then Kyrie it'll will be good bitch for about us. me on his That'd be great. on but... Twitch. Yeah, look, we'll we'll take the hits. Mm-hmm. So, I'll, I'll I'll take one for the team. Uh, yeah. Let Pat Bev go on first take and ring me apart. But I, yeah, those I'm not don't love those guys. But Kyle Lowry is a good player. He's obviously aging. I don't know. Is he better defensively than I would say than Struess definitely, and I would say probably than Vincent even in his age. He still he has a great read on the court. Okay. Um, I think he'll definitely add to their um, ability. I don't know if it's enough, frankly. Okay. Yeah, Ryan. Same thing. What What are your thoughts? Do you think we'll see him? How effective he'll be if we do see him? So I feel like with the current like culture and climate in the NBA, it's good to see like you don't really have as many guys like playing through painful injuries. You know, if someone's yeah. injured, they're just gonna sit out and heal and take it right because these are, you know, we just have so much more information, mm-hmm. you know, than we did like 30 years ago. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, there's a number of reasons, but basically, I mean, I don't think Kyle Lowry will come back. But, I mean, you can't ever rule out the possibility. Um, if he does come back, 
while I don't think he's necessarily going to be effective, like what Jack was talking about, what he could bring to the table, the only... So I think right now, he's not going to be able to do anything as effectively as Gabe Vincent. And also just being the kind of player Kyle Lowry is, he's probably going to occupy the ball more. Yep. And all of that stuff, which can honestly do some damage, potentially, just because of you know, how injured he is. But the th- one thing I think that he would have above those guys right now as is, um, is his playmaking and ability to, you know, you know, the IQ and, you know, great facilitator, uh, you know, can open up shots or guys, but given his, you know, given his current lack of his previous athleticism due to the injury, I don't necessarily see that being a threat either. And I mean, I don't think Gabe Vincent, I mean, he was, I think he's wasn't bad. fine. Yeah, he's fine. You know, it's he's like, good in game one. And I think for me, that recency bias has like overlapped a little bit into game two. I don't remember what his stat line was, but I know it wasn't memorable enough. No, he like, hit. Did he? He, he hit, hit some trees. He hit some shots. Like he had a couple plays that looked impressive. Um, yeah, but nothing. 14 points, three rebounds. Yeah. I mean, in reality, that's probably what you expect out of Lowry. That's a good how point. Many, how many assists? Um, pulling it up right now, three. So. Yeah, again, that's kind of what I'm saying with like the value facil- expect. Yeah. Yeah, the facilitating, like, 14 points for a point guard is fine. Fine. But, ten, but you want more assists. You want six or seven at least. He's not your he's not your number one scoring option. But he's your, yeah, and he, but he's a backup point guard. That's what he right. is, you know? Yeah. He seems like he's proving to be a pretty adequate backup point guard to me. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, is there anything else you guys want to touch on in this one? I think we covered pretty thoroughly most of the storylines. Oh, yeah. So I think I think I'm sticking. I feel pretty good about Celtics and six. I honestly I don't want to say Celtics and five, but I, so I'm gonna stay with Celtics and six. But I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it at that. Jack's like it's over. Uh, Miami not gonna win game. another game. Is Me and Stephen A are on the same yep. page here. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, where can they find you online, Jack? Uh, best place to find me is on Twitter, and that's at Jack underscore Tune. And follow me there for tweeting through the NBA playoffs. Um, and you can also follow me on Instagram at Jack Disc Golf for all of my disc golf forays. Uh, looking forward to our eventual Wicked Good Sports disc golf outing, uh, hopefully in the near fun. future. Yeah, should, should be a good time. Uh, Ryan, anything you want to promote before we get on out of here? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, you can just look at the, the Wicked Good Sports blog. I'm ho- I'm hoping to soon. I'm I'm gonna post probably a top uh, top five projected. Uh, draft picks for the NBA. Oh, sweet. That would be great. Yeah. Um, all right. So go follow Ryan there. That's uh, com. You can follow me on Twitter at the fake B Marlins B-M-A-R-R. Channel is on Twitter at where you good sport or WG everything. Instagram where you good everything. Twitch at twitch.tv slash where you good everything. And on TikTok, search where you good sports, search where you good everything. Guys, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, thank you, bro. And we'll see you all in the next one.